The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hey, this is the King of Bros, and you're listening to the Rough House Podcast. They're a couple of pussies, but they're not that bad. The opinions expressed in the Rough House Podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here at the Rough House where black people and white people watch wrestling and Hispanic people too and all people. Hi, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. So the doctor told me I wouldn't have so many nosebleeds if I just kept my finger out of there. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those stories. Hey, hi. 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 Welcome to uh, 2020 Rough House Podcast. Coming well, at I'm you. Gonna, I'm going to begin starting the show with a Ralph Wiggum non sequitur from here on out. I <laughs> hey, think. I, I like it. I like it. Wookiees <laughs> must be bent. That's That's the... <laughs> That's the uh, theme for 2020, bending yes. Wookiees oh, yeah. anywhere and everywhere we can. That uh, sounds much dirtier than you think. Yes. Hi, folks. Welcome to the Rough House Podcast. If you haven't put one one together already, I'm Marty. And I am Christoph, and we appreciate you listening to this yes. here program. Yes, and of course, by the Ralph Wiggum talk, you can tell, Pro Wrestling Podcast, right there. Yes, clearly. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the overlap is uh, abundant, yes. shall we say. Yeah. I, honestly, there should be a stronger overlap between Simpsons references and, and pro wrestling fans. I mean, there's definitely some. Uh, Simpsons WWE on Twitter uh, shows yep, it. Their favorites. Uh, yep. Pretty much the existence of uh, Matthew from Botchmania tends to yep. underline that. But, uh, yep. you know, it, it's not the direct circle I think we all want it to be. Well, I think uh, I think there could be more correlations made, but it just takes time and energy, and that is yes. something I do not uh, have uh, extra of, mm-hmm. nor do I want to uh, throw into that at this moment in my life. So, yeah. uh, you know, we'll just kind of go with the stream of consciousness uh, references as as we've done, and I think we've uh, carried the flag pretty well for that. Uh, I- no diggity, no doubt. I'm right there with you on that, Chris. Some diggity. <laughs> yeah, well, so, well uh, you know, if there were no diggity, we'd have to bag it up. And we're not bagging anything up here uh, because... <laughs> <can> bag them up. <laughs> <laughs> because we're, we're rolling into a new year with a bunch of pro rest action. Of course, last week uh, gave us a Wrestle Kingdom, uh, all 10 hours of it. Uh, thank yep. you for those who listened to our, our hour and a half breakdown of 10 hours. Um, uh, I finally caught up on at least the big matches of night two. Yes. Uh, but Chris, what I really want to talk about this week is the the, the pinnacle, the, the big championship match, the big championship throwdown going on. Yeah. Big time three-way dance on network television. We're talking about, of course, 
the Jeopardy greatest of all time tournament, <laughs> folks. <laughs> These games are brutal, man. They are. They are. Uh, like mean, They kind of have to be, though. They're the three right. greatest champs of Jeopardy history. So Yes, and there's been tremendous smack talk on Twitter between at least uh, Ken Jennings and, and James Holzhauer. Like, I don't know how much of our listening audience appreciates Jeopardy, but this has just been super fun to watch. Yeah, Brad's kind of just sitting on the outsides going, eh, Which you know, is both weird. In, the, in the scoring of the games as well as at the Twitter smack talk. But uh, but yeah, Ken Ken's been really good at Twitter over the course of his uh, yes. his history post 74 games or something like that. Right, that it right. was he won. Um, and he, you know, he'll just he'll just just coming out coming out of nowhere and just stab you right in the fucking eyeball yeah. and it's uh pretty hysterical I, I think the thing he said last night was i decided i'd finally follow james holzhauer this weekend on twitter because he's been following me all week so <laughs> good good it's smack fans. talk good times it's, it's, there it is because you can tell those guys are having a blast yes. which yes. you know is, is super fun i feel like alex is really enjoying this as well yes. um you know considering everything going on with him mm-hmm. this is probably uh a, a fine crescendo or you know piece of the final act in his uh in his career there yeah. so uh, i feel i feel good for for everybody involved and it's just a blast to watch you know even i'm watching them you know i get maybe one a category at this point yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. usually i do okay i'm not yeah. that bad at jeopardy um typically but uh the teen tournaments i'll fucking clean up oh yeah team tournament and college tournament i i've got on lock like those yeah. I'm, I'm just throwing out the answers like where's your god yeah. now zoomers come on <laughs> Um, uh, but, uh, this is a a fun side story to this. I, uh, did the online, uh, test this past year. I did. And man, was I never more aware of, (laughs) of how little I know than (laughs) trying that out. Oh man. The thing is, it's so broad. I mean, you have to be super familiar with everything and I'm pretty familiar with a handful of things yeah. you know it, yeah. that's that's about it if we're getting into oh, i don't know like classic literature mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. things things like that and uh, you know some science and math stuff that's uh yeah. not always my strong suit just give me a pop culture game essentially. Uh, right that's, that's right, what right. i'm asking for uh <laughs> the the thing that got me like i'm i'm playing it and uh because that's what it is you know you're you're literally yeah. you're you're given the questions also free text fields it's not multiple choice <laughs> oh yeah, of course. You have to type yeah. in the answers, yeah. uh, which is great. Also, if you don't know entirely how to spell certain things, yeah. Um, uh, I got like one category, and I'm like, oh, this is going well. And then like the second category I had was something like French art history, and I'm just like, well, <laughs> there goes that pipe dream. Pierre, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I think there was one about religion where I legit just went full Bart Simpson and answered Jesus for every question because I, <laughs> I had nothing else. I had nothing else in the chamber. Uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, of course, pro wrestling podcast that Jeopardy talk always brings in the listen. Yeah, we're fucking dorks. We know it. <laughs> but hey, you know what? It is actually somewhat relevant to this week in pro wrestling because the the Jeopardy greatest of all time tournament. In a rare twist of fate, is actually on primetime television, on network yeah. television, uh, a monster in the ratings. And yeah. as far as some people have started correlating, maybe the reason why NXT did so poorly this week. 
Well, I mean, over the course of the Wednesday Night Wars so far, we've seen yeah. how NXT definitely skews older. Yes. Uh, typically, Jeopardy skews older. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the the that math seems to make some sense. Um, is it is it done done or is it continuing? Um, the the tournament's continuing um, uh, into this week. I don't know if the first episode for this week airs on Monday or Tuesday, okay. but uh, uh, there's. I don't want to throw out spoilers because it's it, it is on Hulu. If if any of yeah. our listeners want to watch it, someone is up two games uh, with two victories. Basically, it's the okay. first to three. So, so there wasn't victories. one on Friday. It was Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week. Yes, Tuesday. Wednesday, I saw Thursday. the Thursday game. Yes, there was not one okay. on Friday. Uh, someone is up two games to one. Uh, and then the other guy has nothing. has nothing. Which also <laughs> for any Jeopardy nerds in the audience, baffling. The, yeah. That person has none. But anyway, uh, yeah, so we'll see how that affects possibly the ratings this week because uh, it, it was <laughs> a blowaway week in the ratings for AEW over uh, NXT. AEW yeah. came in sixth for the evening and NXT came in 55th for the yeah, evening. That's, uh, that's a bit of a, a discrepancy between the yes. uh, the placings there. Yes. And AEW did well in that, that key 1849 demo that uh, advertisers love. So that's a good look for AEW. Um, they, you know, the other side of the coin is people are thinking that that's coming off of um, – uh, the prior week yeah. where AEW had an original show and NXT did a, a clip show or yes. a, and a very uh, good original show. show that it was right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Now, now unfortunately, a- AEW show this week was a little hinky in the first half. Yeah. So we're curious to see how that affects next week's ratings. Um, Cause there was some um, man, yeah, yeah. We'll, we will get into it. We'll do our standard Wednesday Night Wars breakdown, comparing the the NXT to the AEW shows. I will say uh, before we dig into those shows, it's typically how we've been wrapping up these episodes. Um, I don't think either show was really that good. Uh, I, I I thought um, you know. Uh, and NXT was kind of a bland show, and yeah. uh, AEW uh, was a roller coaster of highs and lows uh, for that company. So um, yeah, well, AEW or I'm um, sorry, NXT is kind of you know at a disadvantage for not having had a, a full live show for a couple weeks. So yeah. they're trying to get back on track and and reestablish some people. And it's, it was basically a season premiere. Yeah. Um, if you think of it that way, because you know the last live show truly that they had live was Rhea Ripley winning the women's title and you know that's a big season finale sort of thing they had a show on Christmas and they had a show on New Year's but they weren't full-on NXT shows so they they don't they don't really count plus holiday ratings don't really count either so yeah they're trying to trying to find their footing we'll get into you know the ups and downs of that a little bit later on but yeah it's uh you know we're starting the year uh interestingly uh yes. with with some uh some various uh highs and lows and mm-hmm. very questionable things and yeah uh, yeah well well let's dig into it uh WWE this week uh kicked off with uh, a big episode of Monday Night Raw which uh included the uh official Third man for the uh, Seth Rollins AOP against uh, Kevin Owens and uh, Joey Samoe, six man mm-hmm. feud. Just as everyone predicted, it was the big show. 
Coming well, back. It's been over a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Since I've been in the ring. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've yeah. been shooting a Netflix show with oh, a bunch of stupid kids. On 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 the uh old Frasier set, apparently. Or, or the old Frasier set. Really? Stage. Yeah, yeah. So wow. that's that's just a weird note to to keep so, in mind when you watch the big show sitcom it's on the fraser stage so so paul white sits in the dressing room that was once used for legend kelsey Grammer. yes yes fantastic and if there's <laughs> if there's any god he spends half the show hanging out in uh the the uh, uh lazy boy uh as, as used by <laughs> fraser's father Yes. I want to look into that dressing room and see Paul White in the makeup mirror, and then yeah. somebody flips the lights on, and then there's an image of the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 what I want to see. <laughs> Let's work that into the show, please. Yeah, yeah, we got we got to find a way to do it. But uh, yeah, the Big Show came back, and um, to to double up on an article I, I read last week, uh, this would now mark his thirty third turn. Uh, <laughs> Somebody's so, actually keeping track. Yes, yes. There was a there was a Bust video going around last week that was tracking Big Show's face to heel turns in WWE over his twenty plus career. By the way, someone pointing out this is the third decade that he got to be on the first episode of Raw uh, huh. for that decade because he was on the first episode of Raw in the two thousands, the tens, yeah. and now the twenty twenties. Um, okay. So. Uh, yeah, 32 turns to this point. When we last saw him, he was a heel, uh, united with the bar. Well, now he's a face again, and oh, he's I united. About that. Yeah, now he's united with uh, Kevin Owens and Joey Samoe in a feud with Seth Rollins and the AOP, which, weirdly enough, is your top feud on Raw with no titles involved whatsoever. Well, Brock holds the title, so. Yes. <laughs> Yes. That's kind of a that kind of makes a bit of sense. What's weird for me, one is Joey Samoe kind of mm-hmm. being a babyface. Um, Owens works it well. I think yeah, he yeah, he yeah, does yeah. both sides of the coin really well. He's just super talented. I don't think I've ever seen Joey Samoe as a face aside from teaming with Balor in the Dusty Classic. Uh, I can't uh, recall a face run for him in WWE. I mean, he used to be like the guy for Ring of Honor back in the day, and he was you know just a he was really, a face. Yes, I thought yeah. he was always the, the shithead heel. Uh, he started off as just a badass monster heel in the vein of Vader, but he got yeah. over enough that it, he was just sort of like, oh. you know, the respected champion. Gotcha. Um, okay. <laughs> you know, it was a subtle move. It wasn't like all of a sudden, oh, he came to the to the aid of, you know, the top baby face or something like that. Getting just, yeah, yeah. Every, everyone liked him and gradually, you know, it, it was just gotcha. a natural shift. Um, but I, I think, I think, uh, Samoa Joe can be an effective face. He's got a real great natural charisma, which was uh, especially underlined with him doing commentary. Uh, once again, uh, and one of those guys who, uh, much like CM Punk over a decade ago, uh, you know, oh, he's out on injury. Okay. Put him in the booth. Oh, he's really good. Awesome. It's a shame we never saw more of that. Um, uh, especially when they try to make fetch happen with a with a Dio Madden or some yeah. of the random white bread dudes that I guess they get straight out of broadcasting school. I have no idea how it works with those guys. No, I think there's a lab somewhere <laughs> where uh, uh, Michael Cole secretes into a tube yeah. and then they just try and duplicate. Yeah, um, yeah. it hasn't really worked out. <laughs> they well get so all far. the recessive genes and none of <laughs> none of the good genes. Um, not that there are many coming from uh, the coal mine there. Um, oh boy! Well, Adam came out of there, so you know, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, wrestler of the year. Fair point. Fair point. 
Adam Cole, daddy. The bloodline is strong. Let the boy watch. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, also on Raw this week, uh, Bobby Lashley and Lana finally hey, got baby. married. Uh, but that was not without incident. In, in one of uh, the most ridiculous moments in WWE recent history, the guy who was the preacher the week before uh, came out to do the segment and security thought it was a fan, and they went to just get his ass. Okay, so this is amazing. <laughs> so my, my first question is, where was this guy standing? He had to be standing near the timekeeper's area, right? Because that's, that's, he came in on the right side of the ring. That would be my guess. I, I and he's ha- holding I have, a WWE microphone. Yeah, I haven't seen like the Zap Ruder film of showing his <laughs> his you know his his uh, departure from wherever he was to the ring. I I just saw right. the photo of him mid being taken down. Oh uh, man, yeah, we need the uh, the fan footage from the grassy knoll to yes, show exactly yes. what happened in this. Uh, but fantastic nonetheless. Uh, he starts getting beat up. Camera pans away. <laughs> go to commercial and come back. He's standing in the rings, all smiles. Yes, ready yes. to complete this. This, uh, this totally lawful marriage. Yes, yes. Jesus, God in heaven. Uh, and also, uh, uh, another thing we learned this week, uh, courtesy of that segment, is Rusev apparently knows how to use a green screen. So <laughs> good for you, Rusev. You know, it's it's, uh, it's a remarkable skill to have access to uh, something like that, and to know to know how to use it to your to your benefits. I mean, you know, WWE comedy is based around Photoshop gimmicks and and things yes, of that nature. Yeah. So this is, I guess, the technological progression of that. We're finally stepping into the uh, 21st century. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, hey, good, good for you, Rusev. You know what? Yeah. He, he's preparing for uh, a post WWE career. He's just going to work in in the uh, booth and. And uh, do all the all the the green screen replacements as necessary. Because I, I mean, want I want handsome yeah. Rusev Weatherman. That's what I want. <laughs> right. I you we got the low pressure system coming from the southeast. I, I I'm into it. I I'm I'm into it a lot. I I like that idea. Um, not as great as the weirdness that was uh, Bray Wyatt in recent memory doing a, yes. a TV appearance where he did the weather. Uh, but you know, still pretty great. Um. Trying to think about what else is worth talking about from this week. Oh, uh, we haven't talked about it to this point, uh, but Eric Rowan has a cage. Yeah, so he's <laughs> he's he's r- walking around backstage. He brings it out to the ring as well, right? Yes, yes. <clears throat> and, and it's covered. And, um, and your and local something... jobber will try to take a peek into it and then get murdered right there on live television. Yeah, Mister uh, Mister Mojo Raleigh took a peek in there and, yes. uh, and and got a little uh, little spooked there. So I'm not sure where this is going. Um, no idea. Apparently, Vinny Mac is high on Rowan still, so he's gonna yes. be getting something coming forward. Uh, I don't know how. They can pull this off successfully. That's my <laughs> I, that's my worry. The only thing I can think of is they've got Tom Savini and the crew that made the Bray Wyatt <laughs> puppets work in double time. Like that's the yeah. only option that I think will work in any of this. Um, but <sighs> this is WWE, so it's going to be something weird. It's going to be like a human hand, or or it, it could be May Young's kid. Like I don't know what the hell it's going to be. <laughs> Well, that, the the May Young's kids in college by now, so yeah, that's yeah. Uh, but, we saw him not yeah. that long ago. You know what? That's right. Ago, he was uh, Raw One Thousand. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. I guess you're right. I guess he's got a, a a wife and kid and some little fingers walking around. 
So maybe yeah. maybe it's a bunch of grapes because remember he was a vintner. Yes, uh, yes. He, so I, I was going to ask: Is this better or worse as a gimmick for Eric Rowan than being the genius vintner? Uh, I I don't know. We'll see how it pays <laughs> off. But maybe they're like member berries in there. Like, yeah, hey, remember remember you were a vintner? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Remember when the show was watchable? I remember that. Uh, do I though? Yeah. By the way, I don't know why my member berries are basically Harley Quinn, but there you go. <laughs> that, oh my god! Yeah, that was. Uh... <laughs> hey, Mr. Hey, J. You remember? Christ. I didn't watch the new trailer for Birds of Prey. By the way, anything uh, uh, worthwhile in there? I haven't watched the new trailer yet myself. I, I I shared the link on Twitter and it was half, so I would remember to watch it later. Still haven't had a chance. I haven't watched the trailer for that. I haven't watched the trailer for New Mutants yet because um, they put a new trailer for that out. I did watch that. That looks interesting. Okay, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but yeah. Apparently, we're getting a Morbius trailer next week. Oh boy! Woohoo! Because all we need is more Jared Leto in comic book film. Yeah. Well, that is... I did see a rumor today that I'm very excited about. That we may see more of the new J. Jonah Jameson in Morbius. Oh, okay. So, I'm not saying that's enough reason for me to see that movie, but it is enough reason for me to look up clips of it on YouTube later. Wait, so Morbius is going to be MCU? No, he's in the Spider-Man universe, which kind of branches off of the MCU. So they can share JJJ. Yes, they can share Triple J. Um, they can huh. they can share Tom Holland. They can okay. sh- and technically, that means it's in the same universe as Venom. As Tom Hardy. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. When is has has uh, has Carnage uh, spoiler uh, the, the Venom sequel started uh, doing anything yet? I is think that, uh... it's filming right now, or is it's it? about okay. to start filming. Um, I know it's. I think it's supposed to come out in October. So okay, all right. Yeah. yeah. Hey man, Woody Harrelson in a bad wig. I'm I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Totally fine. That was, a with it. Sh- that was a schlocky good time. I kind of enjoyed Venom. It, it, it's an absolute shit house movie that was goddamn delightful. Like, it really it was a it was a fun terrible movie. Yeah, guilty pleasure. Yes, yes. So put that on your list if you just want a, a, a ridiculous film. Plus, hey, at some point, uh, Tom Hardy makes out with the Venom symbiote. Yeah, I know it's supposed to be Michelle Williams under there, but yeah, come but on. still, come know. on, giving us what we want. So. Uh, Speaking of WWE and also speaking of giant sweaty monsters, uh, Bork Laser popped up on Raw this week. Making one of his contractually required appearances, this time on the road to the Royal Rumble. And, uh, of course, the question mark was, uh, is Brock going to be defending his title? Is, does Brock has a, have a, a number one contender? No, of course not. He's entering himself in the Rumble because he intends to defeat... 29 other people at the Rumble. He's going in at number one. Not putting the title on the line, mind. Right. But he intends to put himself in the Rumble. Well, okay. Sure. Um, <laughs> look, if this keeps the event under five hours because there's one less match, cool. Um, it's not going to be, but I appreciate what you're looking for. <laughs> we're, we're looking at two hours alone based on Rumbles. I got the men's rumble and the women's rumble. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, hey, I'm trying to be positive here, Marty. (laughs) (laughs) It's very hard for me to be positive with WWE right now. Um, So that reminds me, get at Kristoff in the DMs if you want to buy his WWE pops. I think there's still a few left. 
Oh, there's yeah, there's more than a few. Sold another one yesterday. Hey, so my nice. uh, my Finn Finn Balor chase that one's gone. Right. Uh, but a couple people messaged me and didn't respond. So uh, holla, so we can get those uh those pops out of my house. Love um, that bread. So, go on. What's that? I said love that bread. Go on. Yes. Um. So I I mean I you would imagine that Brock being in the Rumble will set up whatever his eventual WrestleMania yes. program will be. Yes. Um. And there's really not much indication as to who that could be. Obviously, there was this piece of paper floating around that was rumored to be where the WrestleMania card sits as of Friday. It's 99% fake, I'm sure. But, you know, at least it leads to yeah. some discussion and and, and some, some ideas that are kind of, you know, possible. Yeah, They're I mean, possible. No, nothing on that listing seemed odd uh, it was kind of in line with what we were talking about last week the idea of a, a tyson fury or a, yeah a um uh kane velasquez getting a title shot uh in the case of that pa- piece of paper which i think is 100 percent bullshit it yeah. did say tyson fury versus brock lesnar i could see that being the direction um they also uh, on this supposed card pushed uh uh, Roman Reigns versus Bray Wyatt versus Daniel Bryan uh, yeah. for the Universal title. I, again, it makes sense, but I think we're more likely to have Roman versus Wyatt than have a three-way with Daniel Bryan in there because I think the last thing they'd want to do is mix oil and water with uh, Roman Reigns' fan base and Daniel Bryan's fan base. Yeah, um, that's not going to work well. But uh, honestly, it's it's still just so bizarre to me that your top feud is Kevin Owens and uh, Seth Rollins. There's no title involved and apparently not going to involve that title anytime soon. I mean, even that you know faux card just put them in a six-man tag against each other. Yeah, and, and the fact that that's going to stretch out to, uh, for another four months, three months. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, uh, not, great. You know, not great. Only so much, uh, only so much you can do there, guys. But uh, you know, again, it's, uh, it's something that some dude in his basement uh, probably thought up and and put yeah. out there. And of course, we talked about it because that's what the internet and Twitter, wrestling Twitter, does. Exactly, uh, dumpster fire of um, of everything. Just and uh, hey, if you don't believe it, shit. in your free time, if you want to go down a rabbit hole, just look up Tessa Blanchard on Twitter right now. It's it's yeah. a great time, just in time. For her to get an impact world title shot tonight. Yes, there's yeah. there are two uh quote unquote pay-per-views going on today. Uh this afternoon brings us uh NXT UK takeover Cardiff, and then this evening brings us the Impact Wrestling Hard to Kill event. And yep. <clears throat> your boys are making an effort to watch probably neither one of them live. Definitely <laughs> not. Maybe ever. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Although I am uh, interested, Impact has um, Taya defending her mm-hmm. uh, Knockouts Championship against uh, one Jordan Grace and also one ODB, and that is a uh, pants off dance off right there. The ODB edition actually took that match down for me because the the original announcement was Taya versus Jordan Grace. And I was like, oh, cool, Jordan's going to win the belt, <clears throat> but instead we've got ODB in there for reasons. To take the fall so that Ty doesn't have to lose the title and can I come guess. back after it, I guess. I, guess. I don't know. Yeah. Seems like it's time to pull the trigger on Jordan Grace. Uh, well, you've been saying that. This is coming that. from the guy who has never watched Impact. Yeah, but you've been you've been saying that for a long time, Chris. I've been pulling my trigger for Jordan Grace for a while. Yes. Uh, also, triggers were pulled this week on SmackDown <laughs> uh, 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 as 
We finally got the return, official return, of John Morrison. Uh, Taya's husband. Yes, Taya's husband. Uh, John Morrison popped up and did an interview segment with The Miz on Miz TV as a part of SmackDown. And yep, Miz is a full-on heel. Yes, John Morrison is aligned with him. And their big feud is going to be with The New Day, uh, like we talked about last week. I, I, I'm into that pairing. I'm into that oh, yeah. feud. Uh, you know... Uh, Kofi, uh, Miz, and John Morrison are three guys who I think of as sort of like the same class and generation of WWE. Yeah. So cool to see them back together in a program. Uh, and this week, this coming week on SmackDown, we're actually going to get Big E versus John Morrison, which could be a really fun match if they're given time. Yeah, Morrison works well with uh, bigger dudes. Yeah. Um, look back to his matches with Matanza in uh, in Lucha Underground or yeah. Mil Muertes, both uh, pretty awesome. So yeah, that uh, that's fun. I think that's a really good pairing. Um, you know, New Day. You know, they have their ups and downs of going into and in and out of um, feuds with people, and I think this is a fresh one. Yeah. Um, I don't remember them ever really interacting with the Miz in a match, much aside from yeah a it, random one-off or a Survivor Series or something. So, yeah, it's that'll it, be good. It's it's a fresh scenario for both sides, and yeah. and again, uh, having Morrison in the mix there is, is a nice little touch and. Uh, you know, it's it's parkour. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's it's one of a handful of things that would get me to watch SmackDown because otherwise on SmackDown, if you thought you fell into a time warp and you were watching a show from three weeks ago, I wouldn't blame you because it's a lot of the same shit. We we still have uh, the feud between Angry Pam and the somehow now a babyface uh, uh, Lacey, Lacey Evans. Evans. Yeah, uh, we still have. Uh, <laughs> Corbin Gun uh, feuding with Roman Reigns. Uh, <laughs> so that's don't you thing. dare, don't you dare. <laughs> no, you don't like that name for no. Baron Corbin. You, you, you do not associate uh, a likeness. Okay, okay. Uh, fine, fine. To I, that, to that. No. I, I will use another one of my favorite names. Uh, as as the internet at one point dubbed. Uh, do you remember the the uh, John Cena and Company against NXT main events? Uh, for SummerSlam. Uh, the Nexus one? Yeah, the Nexus one. Yeah. Yeah, you remember that ages ago? Uh, yeah, where John Cena buried the entire Nexus? Yes. Uh, yeah, well, I remember that. The internet, like, yeah, calling, I the, the internet like calling John Cena's team John Cena's stupid team of fucking idiots. <laughs> because let us not forget, John Cena basically was like, here's a guy with a neck injury. Here's The Miz for some reason. Here's a recently stroke riddled Bret Hart. Like he did not put together a great team. So with that in mind, I give you King Corbin, stupid team of fucking idiots. Uh, I love it. Let's put that on a t-shirt. I'll, I'll I'll give WWE some money for that. Yeah. So I, that's the only way you get me to buy a Baron Corbin t-shirt. That that's what I will call them since I, I've just been told I can't call them uh, Corbin gun. Uh, But uh, we, we got a fresh out of being D wellnessed. Bobby Roode making his return. Uh, um, still looks like he's on the Jesus. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Somebody just figured out how to po- how to pee differently. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, it's that Canadian Bobby Lashley, water. Let me get some of your urine. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the Canadian water. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, same shit as before. Uh, basically, Dolph Ziggler, Bobby Roode, and uh, King Corbin tried to feed Roman Reigns dog food. Again, uh, and it actually came off of, uh, you know, a match with 
uh, Roman and Usos uh, going against uh, King Corbin's stupid team of fucking idiots. And uh, somehow, <laughs> yes, yeah, still turned into a dog food angle. Yes, the Usos are there, which made it different. But this is going to lead to, unsurprisingly, King Corbin against Roman Reigns at Get out of town. Royal Rumble. Yeah, no, wow, not a shock. That. Not a shock. Can I please get a vignette of Baron Corbin in his backyard trying to construct a doghouse? Um, <laughs> and it turns out uh, terribly. Um, and then uh, and then Roman Reigns shows up with with the doghouse, and then he says, "There's a surprise inside." And he looks inside, and it's uh, some Alpo. Um, <laughs> And, you know, uh, hilarity ensues. Uh, <laughs> How many bits on the the WWE script do you think just end in quote unquote hilarity ensues? And it never oh, does. Yeah. It, it never, never does. does. But they, they, they the hell is that? <laughs> they, they try for it anyway. <laughs> uh, what we're saying is if you're not watching the main roster, we don't blame you. But hey. Royal Rumble's coming up, and it's usually actually one of the most fun shows of the year. Maybe well, just because of the Royal Rumble match yes. itself. Yes. Matches. Yes. Matches. Which, of course, puts us on the road to WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Yep. What's the uh, what's the holdover, the in-between pay-per-view? Is it Fastlane? Is uh, it Roadblock? What are they doing this oh, year? I, I believe it's Fastlane in-between. Hang on. let me. I, I, I was going to pull up uh, the Royal Rumble card for this year just to see where we're at right now, to see if it's going to be a... a watchable show or an absolute shithouse is it uh, next weekend or two is it the last weekend of uh two weekends from now it's gonna be on sunday january 26th and um uh it's gonna be preceded the day before by worlds collide which is actually looking pretty good we'll talk about that in a few um let me see uh in terms of the chronology um okay so it's gonna be elimination chamber uh between oh yeah uh, between the two. So Elimination Chamber, by the way, in Philly, Chris, if you wanted to go to Elimination Chamber, it'd be doable. No, but, no, I don't. But there you go. <laughs> all right. So so right now there are all of five matches signed for uh, the Royal Rumble. Uh, and two of them are Royal Rumble yes, matches? The, the men's Royal Rumble and the women's Royal Rumble. The other... The other three matches are The Fiend defending the Universal title against Daniel Bryan, Becky Lynch defending the Raw Women's title against Asuka, and Roman Reigns versus King Corbin. That oh. isn't terrible. That isn't? I, I don't I don't think that card's terrible. Like uh, I mean, the, the Reigns-Corbin thing is definitely taking it down a couple notches. That minus will be five bad. stars. That will be bad. Um, Look, I'm sure the ma- I'm sure on a pay per view, if that is the final blow off, I'm sure the match will be fine. Uh, Roman Reigns, hell of a competitor. Baron Corbin has merits um, in terms of an in ring performer, and usually, yeah. you know, the pay per views are where you usually get the best in ring performances. So, yes. I'll, you know, again, I'm trying to trying to be positive and not just shit over everything, yes. even though we just spent the last ten minutes shitting on Baron Corbin. Yes. But um, that could be good. Uh, Oscar Becky sure uh, surely will be a classic. Yep. Um, depending on how much time they get, you'd imagine a Bailey and Lacey may get added on Probably, there as well. Yeah. Uh, we won't get a tag team women's tag team match since Oscar's in the singles match. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's out of the picture. Uh, maybe who are the SmackDown tag champs right now? Uh, excellent question. My brain not the new day. You know what? I think it is the new day. Is it the new day? Okay, I wasn't sure. So maybe the M M&M, and M are they calling them M M&M and M or oh, what are we? They haven't called them anything yet. 
Yeah. Okay. All right. Ms. But Morrison. It could be Ms. Uh, Morrison against the New Day for the SmackDown Tag Belts. The Raw Tag Champions, the Viking Warriors, or is that what they're called right now? Uh, Viking Raiders? Viking Raiders. Um, I, 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 War Machine. Yes. War Machine. Um, they murdered uh, the the Good Brothers and uh, the Street Profits this week in a three-way dance. Cool. So one of those teams will probably get a title shot inexplicably. Okay. Um, but yeah. I, I, oh, I, Nakamura Strowman looks oh, to be a thing yeah, as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'll probably be on there. And I would not be surprised if we get yet another match between um, Aleister Black and Buddy Murphy. Yes, it's going to be on Raw this week, but apparently the, the whole thing is uh, Paul Heyman's trying to make them the new uh, Jerry Lynn and RVD. So, or Cesaro, Sheamus, best of seven. Yeah, yeah. Team thousand matches. <laughs> yeah. So uh, again, some of those matches, when you say them out loud, don't sound bad. Uh, you know, it's as always with a lot of WWE things. On paper, you go, "Oh, that could be fun," and then you know, you get what you get, and it's it's not so great. Um, right. You know, just as the news came out this week, Mercedes Martinez finally signing a deal with a major company. She signed a deal with WWE. Um, I have no idea what she's going to be doing there, but considering her age, I would think it's a player coach thing, which could be yeah. awesome. But if yeah. they're like, oh, we're going to put her on the main roster, that's not going to be great, even though I'm sure she's going to be paid very, very well. Uh, so, you know, the, these are the weird double-edged swords that we have to deal with right now with WWE, which is you kind of hope that someone has more, more of an executive type role than an actual in-ring role than anything else. But yeah, it's a sad state of affairs to be honest with you. Yeah. So right now announced for the rumble matches themselves, there's 13 entrants announced for the men's only three announced for the women's on the men's side, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, AJ Styles, Eric Rowan, Randy Orton, Rey Mysterio, Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, who's been getting a big babyface push on Raw lately, um, Elias, King Corbin, Dolph Ziggler, Otis, and Tucker. So this is the year of Tucker, Chris. So, yeah, okay. Um, so you said Drew McIntyre has been pushed as a, as, a, as a face? Yes, he does this whole fun gimmick with the fans where he counts down with them till he hits someone with a Claymore kick. Okay. Over. Yeah. So is that grooming him for a Lesnar shot at Mania? That would be awesome, but I don't know that they're going to pull that trigger just yet. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like that will move the needle in terms of a WrestleMania main event. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's so hard to say because you would think that would be the direction, you know. Right. Okay, we've got this uh, handsome, well-spoken hoss of a gentleman. Let's make yeah. him our top star, but... That's not how it works anymore. It's a big uh, Scottish sex machine. Come yeah. on. <laughs> Thank you for he, describing him that way. He's groundskeeper Willie. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. He's, he's groundskeeper Willie. Yeah. Yeah, just <laughs> give yeah. him a title shot. <laughs> yeah. He's got the shinning and everything. Yeah. Um, but then, do, over... you, do you have any grease? <laughs> grease me up, woman. <laughs> do you think that's what he says to the makeup woman every time before he goes out to the ring? God, I hope <laughs> grease so. Grease me. Um, but on the women's side, the three women announced so far are Charlotte Flair, Alexa Bliss, and Nikki Cross. I'm just going to say that I assume it's going to be Shayna Baszler and we're going to get Becky Shayna. But yeah. I, again, I mean... that's me applying logic. So. That's never good. So maybe it's going to be Becky versus Charlotte, and they finally get the one-on-one -on -one match to main event WrestleMania they've always deserved. I mean, yeah, but we've seen that match a bunch already, and it's always good. But you've never seen it as a one-on-one -on -one women's main event history in the making. 
at is it history making it's already been done no it was a three-way dance there's never uh, been a one-on-one women's match <laughs> uh this is me making a jerk off motion yeah, yeah, right yeah, here exactly. uh and not in the fun pleasure myself kind of way uh well yeah let's let's go with let's go with shana baszler that would be awesome that's that's what i would hope for uh but yeah in terms of who's gonna win on the men's side I don't know. Uh, I, I I really don't know uh, because if it's a a Tyson Fury or something like that, like that, I think takes away from the other twenty nine guys. If it's a scenario it instead where Brock got eliminated by a Tyson Fury and therefore he challenges him to a match, that's fine. You know what? It's probably going to be Roman. Okay. Yeah, I I think the likelihood is high that it's going to be Roman this year. Sure. I mean Tampa. Uh, he'll probably get a pop down there. Yeah, one hopes. One hopes. Uh, yeah. but I, I'm just indifferent at this point. It's just, <laughs> I'll, I'll watch the rumble. I'll draw my numbers and, uh, we'll yeah. have some fun with the match, but, yeah. uh, you know, it, it is what it is. No, that's, that's where we're at now, unfortunately. Um, so, uh, also this week in the world of professional wrestling, let's try to cover some of the random stuff that happened before we get into the Wednesday night wars. And we take down those shows bit by bit. Excuse me, Ring of Honor, uh, A, announced they're going to do a free show in our neck of the woods uh, mm-hmm. on February 9th, I believe it is, uh, a show called Free Enterprise, an absolutely free show at the UMBC Event Center, which will also include the Ring of Honor debut, even though she's been signed for like six months of Session Moth Martina, the European yeah. favorite. Um Interestingly enough, Marty Scurll and company have been announced for that and also were announced for their Mania Weekend show, Supercard of Honor, which is going to be down in Tampa this April. Um, okay. So I guess it's looking more and more likely that Squirrel's staying with Ring of Honor. Well, I guess the rumor is that he was uh, offered a uh, massive amount of money to stay for a very limited number of dates. Like we're talking WWE main roster money for 40 dates yeah. and the ability to work elsewhere. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I'm sure he wants to go join his pals in AEW and maybe wants to make some WWE bank. But that's a, you know, it's an offer. It's tough to refuse. Yes. But the thing that that makes it kind of strange at the same time is uh, last night. Uh, Ring of Honor ran at uh, center stage in Atlanta uh, uh-huh. and Villain Enterprises dropped their six-man tag belts. The trio yeah. of uh, Brody King, Flip Gordon, and Marty Skrull dropped the six-man tag titles to Flamita, Bandito, and Ray Horace uh, as, yeah. they, as Ring of Honor continues to slowly turn into a lucha company. You know what? If that happens, I'm kind of here for it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about that, that lucha life. Um, yeah, so... Okay, cool. I like the flippy uh, lucha guys. Clearly, that's my gimmick. Um, so that's, but that is interesting in, in in terms of Skrull. Maybe that frees him up from that to pursue the uh, Ring of Honor title again. Mm-hmm. You would imagine if they did sign him, that it would pretty soon to immediately get put on him. Right. Um, although PCO is yes. a part of Villain Enterprises, yes. is he not? He is, and he is still currently Ring of Honor champion. They did rerun him uh, against Rouge last night in Atlanta, but it turned into a big schmoz, including a run-in by Nick Aldis as uh. shock of shocks. They are running a Ring of Honor NWA feud again. Okay. All right. Sure. Um, <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, well, I, you know, I, 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 go ahead. Exactly. Sorry. No, that that's exactly yeah. it. That's that's the uh, that's the amount of level of interest that Ring of Honor has right now. Yeah. Uh, look, if they're doing this show on a Sunday afternoon and it's free, right down the street, you know, 
maybe after recording the show, I'll head down there and yeah. uh, and see what's going on. Shake Dan Housen's hand and, uh, you know, yeah. uh, I, I don't know. See some flippy dippy uh, Lucha guys. Yep. And and Mr. Jordan Grace. I, I don't know. It's just OK. Yeah, sure. yeah, not not super exciting or super thrilling, really, these days uh, at yeah. Ring of Honor. New Japan had its New Year's Dash show kicking off the week, uh, though it is sort of the Raw after Mania. Not a, a lot in terms of big angles. I mean, we're building, obviously, toward, much as we saw at the end of Wrestle Kingdom last weekend, we're building towards Naito versus Kenta. Um, yep. John Moxley stayed an extra day in Japan so he could beat the crap out of uh, Minoru Suzuki as a surprise. That was really to the, the crowd's delight. Yeah, yeah, that was really the surprise. And of course, the emotional uh, Jushin Liger retirement ceremony. Um, well, we also got uh, our boy Shingo Takagi calling out uh, Haruki Goto for yeah, the uh, Never Open Weight Championship, which that that kind of piqued my interest the most because I'm I'm very much looking forward to Shingo beating up on uh, on old Goto there. Yeah. Um, and uh, as the internet kept pointing out, uh, we've subsequently had that announced for the New Beginnings tour in Japan. The matchup photo between Goto and Shingo looks like one guy is the other guy's dad, but you're not really sure which one which is, is which. Which is which? Yeah. Yes. Shingo is only a year. He's only 37. Yeah. Yeah. He looks a little older. He does. Uh, but, you know, he's also been a pro wrestler for like 20 years. So <laughs> that, that'll age Yeah, that's you. true. Uh, debut in Dragon Gate 2004. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but uh, but yeah, no, he's uh, he's the dude. He's actually he's only let's see, December. He's three months older than me. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he was born November 21st, 82. God damn it. Yeah, I know. Right? That's depressing. So, uh, <laughs> New Japan doing a unique split tour as New Japan of America uh, gets. Uh, its feet under it as they are touring basically the south of the U.S. doing shows in Tampa, Florida, Nashville, Tennessee, uh, Durham, North Carolina, Miami, Florida, and Atlanta, Georgia. Um, The big things worth noticing there is regular team-ups between Tanahashi and Ibushi. Uh, Basically, the most handsome Mm -hmm. Japanese gents you can think of will be teaming up. And uh, the big match of the tour is an IWGP tag title match with Juice Robinson and Dave Finley, a.k.a. Finn Juice, defending against uh, the former champions, Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatanga Tangaloa. Yeah, the cards, you know, are like we saw on the uh, Fighting Spirit and Unleashed tour, kind of yeah. the same people shuffled around a couple different times. Mm-hmm. But uh, some of those matches seem fun, and I'm sure anybody, you know, who goes to experience it live is going to have a blast with it. Um, yeah. Those guys uh, do have fun on, on the house shows, and it's good. And hopefully we'll uh, expand them uh, into the into the U.S., the whole deal with not having TV right now. Yeah. Not great for them. Um, but maybe this is an opportunity when they're over here for some of the brass to visit some people and try and mm-hmm. work on mm-hmm. a deal or two. Um, you'd love to see them get something in the U.S. because uh, apparently, and this is what Uncle Dave broke down, um, the that the majority of the uh, awareness of New Japan in the U.S. came from Access yep. and not so much from New Japan World. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a real bummer. That they're not anywhere on TV. So hopefully that uh, is resolved and get those guys some exposure. I mean, you know, you've heard us talk about it a lot more over the past year as I've really gone fucking headfirst into into Japanese wrestling. So 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it, it makes sense. Access is, you know, quote unquote, free to try. Uh, you know, if, if you right. have access, pardon the pun, to the channel, uh, you know, you can just watch New Japan on your TV and that's it. And then otherwise you're dropping 900 yen a month. And that isn't sort of an easy jump for someone to make if they've never watched Japanese yeah. wrestling before. I, I think there are things that New Japan could do to be a bit more aggressive in terms of catering to the United States market. Like, I love they post free matches, but they take them offline after a week. Yeah, I feel like that kind of undercuts what they could do. They could leave some matches online for longer periods of time so people could get... I mean, the, the fact that, like, for example, um, Omega Okada, the first one from Wrestle Kingdom three years ago, isn't freely available at this point is strange to right. me. I would think yeah. m- matches like that, or or like the first Okada Tanahashi, you know, these matches that are years old, I don't really think, and maybe they have metrics that tell them otherwise, I don't really think people are going back and watching them all the time on New Japan World. This could be the gateway drug to getting people yeah. to watch New Japan World, or do it the way WWE does, where they show, like, you know, they take a 20-minute match to cut into eight minutes, and there's that little bug in the corner that says, want to see the full thing, go to WWE yeah. Network. Um, I, I think there are ways that they could basically take better advantage of YouTube and other streaming services to cater an audience to New Japan World. But at the end of the day, it still won't necessarily be uh, the ease of access that is being on a television network. So, yeah, uh, we'll see. But uh, while the uh, New Beginning Tour in the USA is coming through, the New Beginning Tour in Japan is going to happen, and there's some big matches across that. February 1st in Sapporo uh, gives us the aforementioned Never Open Weight title match between Goto and Shingo. Uh, and also on there that I think is worth pointing out is a one-on-one match between Tamahiro Ishii and Evil. Uh, yes. Turns out that tag match on the Road to Tokyo Dome Tour was important. Uh, really looking forward to that match now. And we also have the unique tag match of Kazuchika Okada and John Moxley against Taichi and Minoru Suzuki. The uh, uh, Deathmakers, yes. I think, uh, is, is, is what we should call them there. Not so much the Rain Riders. Um, yeah, that's uh, there's some solid ones. I think there was oh, – I'm looking up the cards now because I yeah. was talking about it. Um, yeah. Sonata Switchblade is on one of those yeah. as well. Or yeah, is that the, the other one? So uh, February 2nd, the next night in Sapporo, uh, is headlined by Okada versus Taichi and also a RevPro British uh, title match between Zack Sabre Jr. and Will Ospreay. Which yes, really that was- was the other one I wanted to mention. Yeah, that one sounds uh sounds pretty great there. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh Willio apparently moving up full time to to heavyweight, but uh, you know, that's a heavy title even though ZSJ is 20 pounds. Yeah. So, you know, give the boy some gold. He just lost some gold, give him more gold. All the gold to Willio. Yeah, uh even though he's working with a, a heel injury, which is crazy. Um, yeah. he, he fucked up his heel on the match with Hiromu and he was working New Year's day on it or New Year's dash on it rather. Um, oh, anyway, the big show is new beginning in Osaka. That's going to be February 9th. The uh, top four yeah. matches, the aforementioned Jay White and Sonata match, uh, IWGP junior heavyweight title matches. Hiromu Takahashi defends against Ryu Lee, which should be outstanding. The IWGP U.S. heavyweight title match, John Moxley defending against Minoru Suzuki. And the main event, the double title match, Tetsuya Naito defending against Kenta. So, it's going to be a hell of a show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, thankfully, we have a few weeks to breathe uh, yeah. before these shows kick off in earnest. But, uh, yeah, the February 9th show sounds can't miss. Yeah, very much looking forward to it. Um, what do you, I, I was curious. What were your thoughts on... Um, 
um, Jericho and Tana. I, I, I dug it a lot. Uh, yeah. it, it, it was super fun. You know, it, in comparison to, say, some of the more bleeding edge style matches, the the Osprey Hiromu matches, the the Okada matches, and so on, yeah. it was not as out of this world. Flashy. Yeah. Yes. But it was just damn good heel face pro wrestling and and yeah. I, I really, really dug it. Uh, you know, Tana's such a smart worker and uh, Jericho, you know, he knew he was in there with a great, and he stepped stepped his game up accordingly. Um, yeah. In fact, considering what he's done lately, he probably liked being the guy being carried as opposed to having to carry someone <laughs> himself. Uh, no offense to his recent opponents, but, you know, I think that's what Jericho's doing. He's getting in there yeah. with young guys and, you know, showing them the way. Excuse me. I, I will say um, it's hard for me to pick a favorite between the uh, Okada Abushi and the Okada Naito matches. Right. Because I felt like they delivered on opposite sides. I thought Abushi and Okada on night one of Wrestle Kingdom was a better wrestled match. Yes. But I thought the storytelling of Naito Okada was better than the storytelling of Abushi Okada. Um, yeah. Anyway, slice it. Okada is a professional wrestling god, and we are very lucky to uh, get to see him work uh, every single year at Wrestle Kingdom and also uh, on all the big shows throughout the year because he is really – I know they, they talk about um, Tanahashi being you know the, the one in 100 uh, generation star or whatever. Yeah. Abushi uh, is just as much a rare find. I, I, Abushi, one in 1,000, you know. Is, yeah, how, how, how they got Okada is – Unreal, especially considering that guy started his professional wrestling training under Ultimo Dragon. How he ended up in the dojo and ended up being what he is now is just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the dojo system uh, clearly works. They've pumped out yeah. a, a good number of, uh, of fantastic uh, talents. So, Somewhat related. Did you see uh, the, the latest photos of uh, Shota Omino or Shooter, if you will? Shooter. He's teaming up with, uh, with somebody in the UK and they're calling themselves Death Riders UK or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, if I'm Red Shoes, I'm talking to Mrs. Red Shoes because that boy looks like Tana. Because <laughs> he looks, uh, he looks like. He, I mean, a he looks weirdly like Tanahashi, but b yeah. he's got that superstar look already. Yeah, how that I don't know how that switch flipped that he just went immediately from goofy young lion to looking like a superstar within a few weeks of his excursion. But he looks yeah, like man. a star, man. You hang out with John Moxley for a couple of weeks, and yeah. you're gonna you're gonna absorb some uh, some some yeah. uh, some machismo. Maybe not machismo is the yeah, word, he, but he, some. Uh... He took Shooter to Rapongi, got him some strange. It was it was all good for him. <laughs> Get that first nut. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so. <laughs> Wednesday Night Wars took place this past Wednesday night. Dynamite was having their uh, big anniversary edition, the anniversary of the announcement of AEW. And it was also a a tribute to Memphis professional wrestling, even though they were in Mississippi. It's closer to uh, uh, Memphis than uh, anything in Mississippi, I guess. Uh, They could have been in Memphis 
actually, but, you know, hey, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then also on the NXT side, we had the start of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Chris, hey, what show do you want to get into first, my friend? Matters not to me. Okay, well, I have the AEW results in front of me, uh, just so we can sort of guide, you know, bit by bit, segment yeah. by segment, what worked, what didn't. Uh, we kicked off the show on AEW with a recap of the Elite's win on 1-1 and Hangman Page decided not to celebrate with them. And then we had a four-man booth for the for this opening match as Jim Ross, Excalibur, and Tony Schiavone were joined by Memphis commentary legend Dave Brown, who, if I'm honest, really didn't say all that much. But no. he, he seemed to be having a great time. That, that to yeah, me he, was, was the key just part. Just happy to be here, JR. Just yeah. happy to be here. Oh, but he, he definitely seemed blown away by the opening match, which was Hangman Page and Kenny Omega getting a win over Private Party. I saw some people thinking this match wasn't that good. I had a great time with it. I enjoyed the hell out of it. <laughs> yeah. So some people were saying like, oh, private party aren't ready or, you know, they're step behind guys. I, I thought it was really fun. I thought the the same sort of innovation we saw from private party in the uh, tag team tournament was seen here. Um, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. And I also really enjoyed um, the. Uh, before the finish, which was uh, Omega hitting the one wing angel on Mark Quinn, uh, it was the buckshot lariat into the vid trigger. That yeah. was dope as hell. Yeah, and that's that's tough to time, and they timed it pretty perfectly. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's pretty brutal. And they advanced that storyline too of of Page and Omega. There was a mm -hmm. point earlier where um, uh, Omega was holding uh, one a private party in a in a, in a full Nelson, yes. and uh, Page came in for a buckshot. Dude dipped out, but uh, Paige put on the brakes, so yeah. he didn't hit Omega. And there was one other miscommunication, I think, yeah. um, in the match as well. But, you know, they're, they're telling that story of this dissension among Paige and the elite. So, you know, I think it worked well. Um, rightfully so. Omega and Paige go over there. And then we get another backstage shot of, of Pac uh, – with uh was it nakazawa yes, in the uh, yes. rings of saturn or whatever it, it, he's calling it was it? unclear because you only saw the top of his head so yeah a little bit of a problem there but you know it's whatever he had uh michael nakazawa locked in a brutalizer because Pac wants brutalizer. his yes uh he wants uh the uh the rubber match with uh kenneth omega he he's demanding it um which makes me kind of ask where we're gonna see kenny omega on the revolution card uh, because it feels like he could have the match with Pac or he could have a match with Hangman Page. It, it's yeah. kind of weird so far. But, um, and, I, you know, just talking about this from the watching it on uh, fight side of things, uh, I'm not sure how much was visible in the picture and picture and what have you. <laughs> so Omega ran into the back to make the save. Right. Hangman Page hung out and then he just walked around the audience and drank more and more people's beers. Yeah, well, the one dude had a sign said "Hangman, drink my beer," yes, uh, which yeah. was good. But then, like a guy right in the front row, he just walked up to right afterwards. Was like, "Yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll take that." And from there, you. Thanks, and there was fella. A, there was a point where uh, Paige was trying to make his way to the back, and some other guy came up to him with a full beer, and you you could see uh, Paige before drinking it audibly mouth, "Oh shit, <laughs> oh shit, yeah, <laughs> yeah." yeah. <laughs> Basically, you could tell he realized, oh, no, this this angle is going off the rails. Yeah, this may not be a gimmick he wants to continue. 
And speaking of angles going off the rails, this is where the show got difficult. So (laughs) the next match of the night was one we were both very much looking forward to. It was an AEW Women's Championship match as Riho was defending against uh, the alien herself, Chris Statlander. On commentary for this match was Brandy Rhodes. Brandy Rhodes, for whatever reason, I don't know if this was her own decision. It was what was booked. I don't know who's at fault here. But Brandy Rhodes proceeded to shit all over everything. Yeah. And not in a I'm a heel, therefore I'm going to attack things in an unfair way. She pointed out that Chris Stadlander is just a human wearing face paint. She pointed out that Riho's never on TV. She uh, mocked. Uh, Excalibur for wearing a mask and not in a heelish way just, just saying why are you wearing a mask that's completely stupid um, also she kept calling exhibit which was weird um, yeah. basically she just spent the entire match destroying kayfabe and, yeah. like it, it, the, the thing it reminded me was of heel Michael Cole and that's not something any heel on commentary should remind me of it, <laughs> or anybody at any point in your life yeah. should remind you of that. Yeah, it's it just kind of – it brought everything to a screeching halt in yes. terms of anything happening on commentary. And it took you out of the match. Yeah. And the match, the two girls out there – women, sorry – were you know putting on a hell of a match. I was enjoying what they were doing in the ring, trying not to pay attention to what Brandy was doing. Um and then it broke down even further. Yes. So, uh, you know, the match went back and forth for a bit. And then Awesome Kong and Melanie Cruz, or she's now called simply Mel, came to ringside. Okay, here comes shenanigans. Uh, they're going back and forth. Uh, Riho and Statlander are. And then Statlander decides to do a tope suicida to the floor onto Mel. Right. Okay. So they're going to try to... Uh, you know, just get rid of this. They're going to try to toss this away. Fine, whatever. Then Statlander went and did another suicide dive onto Kong, got caught, and while Kong and Statlander are having their to-do, uh, out comes this doughy guy with stupid face paint from under the ring. Mm-hmm. And this was the aforementioned Dr. Luther. This was the, the guy that Brandy wouldn't show in the vignette a few weeks ago. Uh, yeah. Or realistically, this is Chris Jericho's buddy. Yeah. Um, and he was put over as a deathmatch legend by Excalibur, which, hey, I get it. He was in FMW in 1992. So I appreciate we're trying to do Excalibur, but no one gives a shit. So basically, Luther just... Stands around, keeps pointing to the dot in his face paint for some reason, and he eats mm-hmm. a crossbody from Riho. Yeah. I have no idea why any of this is happening. I have no idea why they haven't been tossed out of the ring or ringside area. I don't why know the match hasn't ended? Why the match hasn't ended. I, I don't understand any of this. Neither does the crowd. Like, no one gives a shit. Yeah. And, it, and it was made even worse by the fact that, to that point, we had commentary from one of the higher-ups in the company... Telling us to not give a shit. Yeah, very, very troublesome all around. Like that, uh, that's like the golden rule in professional wrestling. Even if you're tearing someone down, you need to make someone give a shit because otherwise everything you do subsequently after that doesn't matter. 
Yeah. So my suggestion, if you're listening to AEW, um, is the next time you have a debut of somebody, uh, and this, you know, the Dr. Luther stuff, the Butcher, the Blade, the Bunny stuff, the debuts, obviously the Jake Hager one kind of worked because everybody knew who the fuck Jake Hager was. Uh, and that was a super hot crowd. Yeah. But subsequent debuts and angles have not worked out so well. Don't say who they are. Yeah. I know Excalibur is the guy who knows everything about pro wrestling, and I enjoy that about him. But at some points, sometimes it's better to not know and keep that air of mystery going yeah. and say, who's who the fuck is this guy? You know, is this big doughy Rob Cordry looking dude popping up from under the ring? Uh, is Children's Hospital shooting? Is this another yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. TNT yeah. Synergy crossover thing? Yeah, yeah. Um, just leave it open and then maybe the next week have a vignette that's, uh, you know, cut together with some of these uh, legendary Japanese deathmatch clips of him doing things, you know, yeah. build let, them up that way. Let him explain who he is. Give right. him a crazy weird vignette. Yeah, don't don't just pow, 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 you know, uh, bust the nut to nobody caring, you know, yeah. milk it. Gotta, yeah. Just just do it. Just do a slow stroke, man. You ain't got to fucking furiously jerk. Just just slow stroke it. So then when it finally nuts, yeah. then it's a more satisfying release. It's like I know you have two hours of television, technically three if you count dark, yeah. but you have 52 weeks a year. Yeah. Your pay-per-view isn't until the end of February. You got time, boys. You got time. But anyway, this this match somehow continued through all of this. And the finish ended up being Awesome Kong tripping Statlander while she was trying to do a tombstone to Riho. And then Riho got a cradle, got the pin. There was a whole schmoz afterwards where Kong and, and Mel jumped in. Riho tried to make a save. Didn't work out. Hikaru Shida, who had been watching the match from the crowd, she jumped in, tried to make yeah. a save. Britt Baker, who also watched, didn't give a shit, much like the fans watching at home. Big Swole um, came down. Too. Big Swole came down, as did Sunny Kiss. Um, yeah. All in all, I was just like, I, I, I didn't care. Like, you, you basically took a match I was very excited about. You shit all over it and you made me mm -hmm. feel dumber for having cared yeah yeah like if this is the way it's going to be why am i investing so much time and, and effort into caring about these people and the thing that i think is worse is the following match had essentially a lot of the same components in terms of weird distraction weird post-match Audience didn't know who to give a shit about. So the match right after was Sammy Guevara against Chris Daniels. Was Which, it, again, as it was happening, was fine and yes. borderline good. Yes. Uh, you know, Guevara's a good shithead heel. Daniels is a, a hell of a established worker. The dynamic worked. It was fun. But, you know, and I did – at least I'll give them credit for Excalibur mentioning – during the match before any of the distraction stuff happened yeah. that, uh, you know, Chris Daniels was still kind of haunted by that failed, um, whatever the fuck moonsault yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of thing. Arabian uh, moonsault press. Yeah. Yeah. Onto right. the ramp. So the, the, he mentioned that. So at least, you know, that reminded me of it as it was happening before all the distraction shit happened. I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, so that was a, at least uh, a positive to the oncoming negative, yeah. but you know, out comes Pentagon with a microphone in broken English yeah. saying, do the Noted move. promo cutter. Yeah. Pentagon <laughs> in English. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Like you can cut a hell of a promo in Japanese or Japanese, Jesus yep. Christ mm -hmm. <laughs> in Spanish. 
You know what? His Japanese might be better than his English. We don't know. It, it, it very well might be. Um, so, yeah. So we get the, the typical WWE-style distraction finish. Yeah. Which is just like, oh, God. Okay, sure, whatever. At least, you know, Guevara can roll with that as a victory yeah. over Daniels. And he's yeah. kind of, you know, keeping that cocky thing going. I think he fights Moxley next week. So good luck. Right, right. Uh, but, uh, but and then out come... The fucking Dark Order and yeah. Evil Uno with a microphone trying to recruit Daniels because of this one like one botched move yes. has has just led to all this shit. I was like, yeah. okay, I, I I understand you're trying to make um a chicken salad out of chicken shit sort of yeah. thing. You know the same thing with um the uh the guy who botched the, the who was punching Dustin on right, the last right, show right, of, the, right. of the last year. Yeah. They turned that into a, a gimmick online. Yes. Uh, do you see that? I did. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So whoever the big boss is of the Dark Order sent yeah. Evil Uno to go punish this person for holding back on Dustin. Yeah. So they're trying to make something out of a botch. I I, I respect the effort. Yes. Um, But, you know, you have Pentagon come out. Then you have the Dark Order come out. And it's just this whole big fucking right, clusterfuck. Right, right. The, the, the thing that made no sense to me was – who is Christopher Daniels feuding with? Thank you. Yeah, I, I don't know. Is his feud with Pentagon? Is his feud with Dark Order? Is his feud with both? Is it with Sammy Guevara in their circle? <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I didn't understand, and 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 I understand that like uh, in life you can have multiple enemies and what have you, but pro wrestling is at its best when it's. This guy Simple. is entangled with that guy, or this team yeah. is entangled with that team. To to try to like multi-thread this it just leads to confusion. And it was the one-two punch of that last match with Riho and Statlander being ruined by confusing storytelling in moments, and then followed immediately with another match that had confusing storytelling in moments that really harmed the show for me. Like if if they were not back to back, if they were spread out a bit more, or like I, there's any number of ways that these things could have been salvaged. Because like I also saw some people saying like, oh well, the reason why Nightmare Collective ran in during Reho Stat and Statlanders because they didn't want to give that match away yet. Well, uh, Roughhouse top tip for you, friends. Uh, if you don't want to book that match, don't book don't that book match. match. <laughs> not hard. Really not hard. Go. You know yeah. what? We need to save that for later. And do it later like yeah i it, i just was and and i i did also see some people saying well uh the reho match was supposed to be on one one so this angle would have been then as opposed to now okay cool still separate the push it back the, yeah yeah the guevara daniels bit so you don't have two angles that feel almost exactly identical back to back and both suck so it kind of leads to a uh, greater overarching problem that I think AEW has been having. And I, I kind of feel like they've um, adopted the idea from New Japan of having a number of different factions mm -hmm. within the organization. Right. But it's been it hasn't been handled as well as it is on New Japan because uh, all right, let's 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 run them down. You have uh, on the face side, you have the elite. Mm -hmm. You have Jurassic Express. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm talking three or more yeah, more yeah. than just a tag team. Yeah. So uh, you have SCU. Yes. So those are on the face side. On the heel yeah. side, you have the inner circle. Mm -hmm. Oh, don't forget best friends. Oh, the best friends is three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. So there's four for the faces on yes. the heel side. You have inner circle. Mm -hmm. You have dark order. Mm -hmm. You have nightmare collective. Yep. And I feel like I 
was just running through something else in my head. And I kind of the Lucha Bros, but that's just two guys though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's four and four, heel and face. Either way, I think the problem is when there's uh, okay. So let's equate to New Japan. Shingo is Mm -hmm. Lij. Yes. Goto is Chaos. Yes. So when those two have their match, it's just Mm going to be those two out there. Yeah. And they're going to do their shit. Yeah. The ring's not going to be surrounded by a million different people in stupid creeper masks throwing yeah. soft punches. Yeah. It, set, let the guys – let people have their stories. Not everything has to be this big yeah. production with everybody. And I get that you want to have everybody on TV to establish them. Yeah. But you know, even for the final bit on, uh, on Dynamite, which we'll talk about, uh, Proud and Powerful weren't there. It was yeah. just it was just Hager well, and Guevara and well, Jericho. There was a reason that came out this week. Um, that something that, happened. Uh, Santana's father passed away. Oh, so that's fucking sucks. yeah. Okay, yeah. so uh, so they probably would have been there had that not exactly. Okay. And, and uh, love from the Rough House podcast to Santana and company. Yes. Uh, a, you guys are amazing, and B, sorry to hear that. Yeah, yeah. but you get you get what I'm saying though. Yes. Yeah. No, I I, I totally understand <laughs> that that you know. It's just, as I was saying, multi-threading these people just leads to confusing and muddied storytelling. Yeah. Um, Pro wrestling is at its best when it is most basic. We saw that in action last week on Dynamite. Dynamite was just, here are your heels, here are your faces, here are matches, here's some slight build to future things, and that was it. And it worked. And it was awesome. Yep. The more that they try to muddy the waters with these different bits of storytelling... It, it makes things worse. I don't necessarily feel like at this point there's much that can be done to save the Nightmare family, by the way, or Nightmare Collective, rather. Um, I oh, and then you have the Nightmare family. Yes. So you have Dustin, Cody, and Arn. So yeah, there's another that's, one. That's true. Oh, and DDP. And, DDP. and QT Marshall. Oh, and yeah. And, and we forgot about the Butcher of the Blade, I, the Bunny, and yeah. MJF and Wardlow, who yes. are all loosely associated. So, yes. yeah, it, there's there's – there's too many. It's too many. Yeah, yeah. Disassociate some people. Let people do their own shit. It, it's it's just too confusing. I, I will say we do have the makings of a really good trios tournament on 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 paper at least. Well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, on the whole, it's just it's it's messy and and less is indubitably more because we saw that throughout the rest of the show because if you look at the second hour forward it, w- it was again kind of a really fun show yeah uh, it the, was. R- the Rhodes brothers against the lucha bros was a really fun match i know you and i were talking yesterday you didn't love the fact that phoenix took the fall from dustin i i can somewhat understand it because Pe- it feels like penta is being set up for that singles feud so you don't want him to eat a fall and dustin need to get some heat back after losing to guevara no i mean come on like i feel like it would have been better and more momentum for cody yeah. than du- cody probably needed it more than dustin i mean keep that momentum of cody beating darby also, allen so i think dustin's gonna take the fall next week on dynamite because he's in that six man tag uh which we'll talk about in just a minute Okay. Fair yeah. Enough. Yeah. But, I, I, did, I didn't love that finish, but I guess, you know, they kind of, like you said, book themselves into a corner there. Yeah. And again, if you're booking yourself into a corner, a great way to do that is just get out of the corner and book something else. Um, so we had that. Uh, it turns out the uh, tribute to the Memphis Legends is going to be on AEW Dark, which is fine by me because then I cool. can just skip through it. Not watch it. Don't need to hear <laughs> Lanny Poffa do a, a weird promo where he sounds like he's constantly rhyming. We had MJF promo uh, where uh, he got confronted by DDP 
It was a little weird because I don't think DDP had any idea what he was going to say when he started the promo. So he just started running down uh, he, basically what he's done over the past, let's call it, 17 years. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a little weird. Uh, the one thing that was funny was uh, MJF, while uh, DDP was uh, <laughs> yammering on, MJF did talk shit about him on Twitter while yeah. it was going on. So he posted That's, that live. pretty great. <laughs> Yeah. Um, basically, this really all built to uh, what is going to be a six-man tag uh, next week on what they're calling the Bash at the Beach show. Uh, yeah. It's going to be DDP, Dustin Rhodes, and QT Marshall going against The Butcher, The Blade, and MJF. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my My thought is that Dustin gets pinned in that match. I know that of the three on his team, he's the one who has the most to lose by being pinned. But I feel like MJF pinning Dustin would sort of continue, you know, MJF's reign of terror against Cody. Well, yeah, because nobody gives a shit about QT Marshall. Yeah. And nobody wants to see DDP pinned. So exactly. so there you go. Which is crazy that we're getting a DDP match in 2020, by the way. Yes. Um, yes, very but... crazy. Especially considering he was like, ah, I can throw a few more diamond cutters. I can't work a match. Yeah, and he definitely threw a couple diamond cutters on Wednesday. So, yeah, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, not not super into that. But I was super into the Jurassic Express six-man tag against Best Friends and Arch Cassidy. Uh, Again, AEW is at its best when they just do really good, really fun professional wrestling. That's what this match was. I I dug it. Jungle Boy looked like a star. Uh, Luchasaurus looked like a beast. The interaction between Luchasaurus and Arch Cassidy is one of my favorite things in ages. Um, <laughs> it was just really good, really fun. Um, you know, it, it, it it's one of those matches that uh, I, I didn't take a look and see how the ratings did quarter by quarter. I hope it did well because it feels like that's the type of thing AEW should be. Here's six stars yeah. going all out, having a great match. Was this, and correct me if I'm wrong, I probably am, the first time Orange Cassidy's actually been in a match on Dynamite? Um, I know he's done some stuff on Dark, and I know he's done a couple, like, just topes and stuff. I, I think the first time he was actually tagged in in a match? Um, I think he was part – wasn't he part of the Rick and Morty match? It was him and Best Friends oh, against – Oh, yeah, uh, the Halloween one. Yeah, I think it was the, the Beaver Boys and um, – uh okay. Marshall. Yeah. yeah i think you're right fair enough uh either way yeah just letting that guy do his thing super over wherever they go wherever he yeah. shows up um you know marco got the hometown pop and you know they played that up a little bit uh and is it me or is luchasaurus kind of holding back I feel like I don't know if he's still not a hundred percent from yeah, the I'm not sure. I, I was gonna say I, his I kicks didn't he... have the snap that they normally do to them. Yeah, he he did look a little slowed down. I I don't know what what the cause of that is, but uh, okay. yeah, I just wasn't sure if it was just me or not. No, no, uh, I, I noticed it as well. Okay, but yeah, the the match was was super fun. Um, and what Jungle Express got Jura- Jurassic okay, Express. Yes. Got the uh, got the when they pinned what uh, uh, Chucky? Chucky yeah. T, I think took yeah. the pin. Ju- Jungle Boy uh, turned Hold a power up. bomb into a victory roll. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I I have no no full complaints about that. It was it was a fair yeah. amount of fun. Uh, it, it, another positive I hadn't really talked about on any episode of Dynamite uh, so far was something that I I noticed here right before the main event segment. We got a breakdown of what's going to be on Dynamite next week. Uh, which I, yeah. I, I think is actually really clever. So they're 
absolutely loading up the Bash of the Beach show next week from, uh, I believe it's Miami. Um, so we have the aforementioned six-person tag of uh, QT Marshall, Dustin Rhodes, and DDP going against Butcher Blade and MJF. We're going to have Chris Statlander and Hikaru Shida against Awesome Kong and Mel. And we're also going to have Pack against Darby Allen, which should Hell be yeah. awesome. Uh, subsequently added since TV airing, uh, they're going to have, as you said before, John Moxley against Sammy Guevara. And mm-hmm. also a four-team uh, tag match winner getting a tag title shot. It's the Young Bucks. It's proud and powerful. It's the best friends, and it is Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. That should be really, really good. So yeah, maybe this is where Page and Omega explode. Yeah. Um, or or not? Who knows? Maybe they win and and go on and get a tag title shot. Who the fuck knows? Yeah, and we also got the announcement of the first match two weeks from now. As part of the uh, Chris Jericho cruise, because uh, that's what the uh, the following week's episode Dynamite. It's not going to be live. It's going to be slightly pre-taped earlier yeah. in the day, uh, but it's going to be from the Jericho cruise, and it's going to be Jurassic Express of Jungle Boy, Marco Stunt, and Luchasaurus against the Inner Circle team of Chris Jericho, Santana, and Ortiz, and that should be stupid amounts of fun. Yeah, look, looking looking forward to that. I'm curious to see how this show on the cruise ship goes. Yeah. Uh, you know the crowd's going to be nuclear. Yes. Um. So that's that's definitely uh, going good uh, for them. But yeah, that that should be that should be an interesting show. I'm curious to see how that pans out. Yeah. Uh. So the main event was the main event angle. Chris Jericho came out with the inner circle being represented at this point uh, by uh, Jake Hager and Sammy Guevara. And they were asking for John Moxley's answer for being a part of the inner circle. Uh, Jericho had a table, a bubbly setup. John mm-hmm. Moxley came out from the crowd wearing a curiously zipped up leather jacket. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, and moxley basically said you know no one knows his motivations he can't be bought he didn't come for money he came to dominate and that's why he's saying yes he unzipped the jacket he's wearing an inner circle shirt crowd just is stunned in disbelief and i gotta give a lot of credit to both moxley and jericho they uh they milked this for oh they did for a good amount where i was just sitting there like wow they're really gonna put mox in inner circle i guess maybe in a few weeks they'll they'll have them split up or something like that something i didn't notice uh while i was watching it but someone pointed out when mox is unzipping his jacket he winked to the camera Yep, he did. Which uh, uh, very it was earlier nice. than that. It was, it was, oh, it was a couple minutes before. That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had he had a bottle of the bubbly and was oh, that's you what, know yeah. shaking it and got close to the camera, gave him a little wink, yeah. um, which which was fun. I mean, I, I watched it having known what happened, so I was you know paying attention to that. Uh, but yeah, I, I did notice that. I, I I think it went. I think they melted a little too much. Yeah. Uh, because you know. We're pro wrestling fans, so we we yes. know the other shoe's gonna drop. Something's yes. gonna fucking happen. They're not just gonna end with this celebration. So you're either waiting for somebody's music to hit, or you're yeah. waiting for the inevitable turn from Mox, and that's what we got. Moxley yeah. uh, said, "Oh yeah, by the way, one more thing. I lied and yes. smashes him over the head with a bottle of bubble." Well, well, the thing that I want to point out is the way Mox said it, because Mox said typically in pro wrestling you expect like this big over the top, "I lied" or something like right. that. Mox, in the most chill way, said, I forgot one thing. I'm kidding. I'm nev- I'd am never. i never join you. 
The inner circle's stupid. <laughs> and the, you have nothing I want except for the AEW title. It was just very matter of fact, yeah. including calling them a stupid group, which I really enjoyed. So he right. broke the champagne bottle over Jericho's head. Uh, I think he's going to break another one on Hager's head, but it broke in his hands. Yeah. <laughs> and he just bailed out through the crowd. So you had... You well, know, he had a cr- Death Rider on... Uh, oh, on Guevara. On Jericho. Yeah. Oh, and in Jericho, Oh, both. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, those, Guevara's sell on that was fantastic, yeah. too. Uh, but you had uh, another great image in a history of great Jericho images. Him all disheveled in the arms of Jake Hager as Hager just yelling, Buckley! <laughs> so good. <laughs> Such a great moment to end the show on. Crowd yeah. loved it. I mean, it, it, it was very well executed. For as bad as that first hour became, the second yeah. hour ended up being pretty fun. Uh, it just Yeah, they corrected course a little bit there. Yeah, so hopefully uh, AEW has shown, if nothing, they listen maybe not directly to us but at least to uh the criticisms that are presented to them and they do a decent job of course correcting um mm-hmm. i don't think that we're going to find out on monday that brandy Rhodes has been let go but maybe they'll figure out a way to kill the murder <laughs> or not the murder the uh nightmare uh collective i was calling the murder collective for some reason uh Maybe we'll we'll see them get killed off at uh bash at the beach this week by Sheeta and statlander and that'll be that doubt it yeah, probably not. <laughs> probably not. So over on the NXT side of things, like I said, the show wasn't bad. It's just there was a lot of stuff that really didn't connect for me. And it, and it started with uh, Rhea Ripley. Choo-choo. Yeah, it started with the promo train as God. Rhea Ripley came out and, you know, thankful sale and all that stuff. And then she got interrupted by Tony Storm. Yep. Tony Storm, who I love, and if anything, I feel like Rhea Ripley has basically leapfrogged, by the way. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but Tony Storm said, you know, she wants a, a match with Ripley. She's going to win the UK title, uh, well, today at yeah. uh, UK TakeOver and wants a double title match at Worlds Collide. Cool. Yeah, totally fine <laughs> with it. But, of course, that brought out UK champion Kaylee Ray, who is like... Yes. There's no way Storm's getting the title. I'm going to go after Rhea Ripley. Well, hang on. Here comes the Oshirai. All right. Both you bitches are wrong. I'm dope. I'm getting the show. Oh, hang on. Here comes Candice LeRae. Oh, she you... got Bianca Belair. Oh, oh, shit. That's right. Bianca Belair was before Io Shirai, I think. But it just was this continued thing of just like, all right, no, all these people are idiots. I'm getting the title shot. Yeah, the promo uh, trade. Yeah. It's... It's an old trope that is often used by WWE and quite yes. annoying. Like, I get it. You have a new champ. You have to establish a new challenger. But there are there are other ways to do it. Yeah. Uh, but we got a six-woman tag. Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm, Candice LeRae going against Kaylee Ray, Io Shirai, and Bianca Belair. You're not going to believe this, Chris. The face is one. Could the heels coexist? Yeah. <laughs> not so much. Another trope like. of WWE yeah. history. Yeah. So it was one of those things where you just go, eh, it's fine. But n- yeah. nothing moved for me beyond the idea of uh, something moved for me when Tony Storm was bouncing around in there. That's what, that's exactly where I was going to go. <laughs> but again, I feel really bad for Tony Storm. Like Rhea Ripley is where Tony Storm was set up to be, and uh, well, she's like hey, second best now. They're both still really young, so there's that's there's fair. there's time, and you know, I don't think she's going to be put out to pasture uh, by any means, right? Um, so so yeah, I did like what I did like from there was when Bianca Belair came out 
she just has the great attitude and she goes to tony storm like you don't even go here yeah yeah like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah back yeah. in fucking grade school i popped yeah. at that that was pretty great perfect yeah. delivery there it, very, um very nice. and candace Lorray didn't even get to say anything yes. you know <laughs> she was like well yeah i'm here for the title too exactly so there were a couple quick, quick little moments the, in there the that, that were way, interesting the only way that that angle could have been made a little bit better for me is if they had one of those deli counter ticket things and that's just how they figured it out <laughs> now serving <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kaylee Ray. all right you get a title <laughs> shot you get a title yeah. shot you get a title shot you get a title you shot. turn it into beetlejuice and somebody has the really long uh <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> long exactly. number i don't know who would have uh, uh sorry uh, Aaliyah. Your... <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> uh, vanessa born yeah, oh yeah, shit yeah. oh uh, marina shafir oh. this fucking long yeah sorry <laughs> back of the line kid yeah so uh yeah it was it was all fine it's just it, it didn't really work all that much for me we did have a really dope vignette afterwards uh for tomaso champa talking about uh uh how the title was his life how goldie was his life and he yeah. wants his life back from adam cole so uh champa clearly going to be pushed as, as the top challenger there um <laughs> There was a Keith Lee promo where he said that 2020s his year. He's going to be North American champion. And we got our first match in the Dusty Classic as Imperium of Marcel Barthel and Fabian Eichner defeated the Forgotten Sons, made up of two guys who I can't remember. Uh, that would be Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler. Sure. Um, was it just me or was this match kind of dope? This match was shockingly good. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I don't think I've ever seen the Forgotten Sons look that good. Uh, I certainly can't remember its time. I mean, definitely Wesley Blake when he was with Buddy Murphy uh, and Alexa Bliss back in the day. They had yes. some moments to yes. shine. The dubstep yeah, cowboys, as they were the, called oh, for some The old reason. dubstep cowboys with Alexa Bliss and her Freddy Cougar gear. I was yeah. into that. Anyway, uh, yeah, that match, uh, Eichner and Bartel. Uh, yeah, I, I was I was into this match. I really enjoyed that. And, and basically, that also marks the first win for NXT UK in the Dusty Classic. So, yeah, that's true. A uh, little, little bit of uh, bragging rights for NXT UK as we're heading towards uh, Worlds Collide. Uh, we had a match between Austin Theory and Joaquin Wilde. Uh, I just want to say Austin Theory is really good right now. Yeah. And yeah. he's like 20. I know. It's, it's insane. And, um, yeah, that match was, uh, was fun, too. No, uh, you know. No real stakes or anything going on, but uh, an entertaining match. Yes, uh, I, I enjoyed it. And then we had a uh, another promo this time from Baron Corbin's non-union Mexican equivalent, Damian <laughs> Priest, where, shock of shocks, he also vowed to win the NXT North American Championship this year. See where this is going. Yep. Uh, we had Undisputed Era uh, go against uh, this case, uh, uh, the uh, Red Dragon duo of Kyla Riley and Bobby Fish, the NXT Tag Team Champions, going against the NXT UK Tag Team Champions of Gallus, Wolfgang, and Mark Coffey. Now, are those the two guys, uh, big guys with beards? Uh, yes. On NXT UK? Okay. Yes. Yes. The, they, they are the, they are the white guys with beards, believe it or not. Okay. All right. Um, All right. I never would have thought to see somebody like that in NXT UK. This match would have been amazing if anyone gave a shit about Gallus. Yeah. I no know. one knew who they were. I mean, the, the thing that, that Fabian Eichner and, um, well, Marcel the, Bartel. Yes. The, the Imperium duo had was <laughs> they got involved in the brand warfare thing from Survivor Series earlier this year. So people knew who they were. People well, they've also both spent time in NXT proper. Right. People had no idea who Gallus were. 
So right. it, it just felt like if this should be a squash. Why aren't Red Dragon winning faster? Um, if if you if you put a, a photo of the roster of NXT UK uh, with no names on it, I could not pick out those two guys of the other white guys with beards and long hair. Every, it's everybody looks the fucking same over there. Yeah, uh, just can't. I, I don't know what they look like. Yeah. Well, hey, if you want to see the white guys with beards face each other. Just a few hours to go until takeover. The pre-show's begun. I got a notification. Oh, okay. All right. Well, there we go. Um, we had. Quick, let's wrap this up. <laughs> we have a prom. We had a promo battle between uh, Johnny Gargano and Finn Balor, uh, which brought back uh, one of my least favorite tropes of heel Balor. It was shooting Balor. Yeah, yeah, at least Johnny had a little fire lit up, lit under his ass. Johnny did, but uh, Balor saying that Johnny uh, Gargano should be called Johnny Promo because that's the only thing doctors will clear you for. I mean, mm, a little on the nose. But uh, yeah, we're, it looks like we're getting them against each other at TakeOver Portland. So could be a really good match. Could be a really good match. Can we get Fred Armisen as the uh, referee for that match? <laughs> At least uh, a <laughs> guest ring announcer or something. Yeah, that would be, that'd be fantastic. Have, have him as ring announcer. Put Kerry Brownstein as the uh, uh, the timekeeper. You know, let's, yeah. let's throw them all out there. Um, let's, let's lean in. Let's lean in here, guys. Cameron Grimes had a promo where he just ranted like an insane person. So, okay. Good to see Cameron Grimes doing good in 2020. On brand. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the, the stupid hat on the announcement that broke the internet. Kushida's mystery partner was officially announced as yeah. Alex freaking Shelley. The time splitters are coming back. They're reuniting in <laughs> NXT. This is Alex Shelley's first time ever in WWE. He did a, a guest stint at the PC last year, but this is mm-hmm. the first time he's ever been in WWE. Um, I'm blown away that they're proceeding with this. I mean, over the past five years, wrestling's had a lot of craziness, you know, like Ciampa and Gargano being on NXT every week without contracts and uh, Samoa Joe being allowed to work both NXT and Indies, you know, things like that that you never thought you'd see. Um, I definitely never thought I'd see Alex Shelley, and I've been a big Alex Shelley fan for a very long time. So to see him finally get, you know, big TV time, big TV exposure. Like, that's so cool. And him and Kushida are a great freaking team. So very, very, very excited for next week. They're going against the Grizzled Young Vets next week, which should be. Is that two other uh, white guys with beards from NXT UK? Yes, but one of them's bald. So you got that going for you. Okay. All right. Cool. That's nice. Uh, Anyway, very excited about that. Uh, Mia Yim had a squash against Caden Carter really wasn't much of anything it was more to build to an angle as Chelsea Green came out Chelsea Green who I mm-hmm. thought got the main roster call up not so much uh she is uh she ran in she uh beat up both Mia Yim and Caden Carter and revealed her new manager Robert Stone aka the former Robbie E right or, okay. if we're really honest, Tony Khan. Tony Khan? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. fine. Take your little subtle shots, whatever, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. It, it, it is what it is. Uh, but, yeah, Chelsea Green uh, apparently going to be a, a showcase heel for NXT. And speaking of the women of NXT, it was then announced that next week on TV, we're going to have a women's number one contender battle royal with the winner getting a title match at TakeOver Portland, which makes you think it's not going to be Tony Storm because she technically has a title shot 
the Rumble weekend against uh, Worlds Collide, Ripley yeah. at Worlds Collide. Yeah, so. So why do they always do battle royals for women? I feel like they've done this a couple times on NXT in the past. I have no idea. I, I, I couldn't tell you. It's weird. Yeah. I don't but, know if I like it. I mean, it makes sense considering you had like five women all go, well, I want a title shot. Well, I want a title shot. Well, I want a title shot. So Do yeah. a gauntlet match. You know, that would be fun. I think the reason why they don't want to do that is because of how much TV time it would take. I'm always interested in gauntlet matches. I, I think it's a much better idea, uh, but I, I think that's the that's the reason okay. why. Anyway, uh, we had a fatal four-way uh, for a shot at the NXT North American Championship. <laughs> Keith Lee ended up winning it, defeating Cameron Grimes, Damian Priest, and Dominic Dijakovic. Another really fun match. Another really fun moment with Keith Lee basically turning into a human gif and doing his whole yep. stand-up uh, thing. Uh, which, you know what? Love you, Keith. Sorry that you have to do that every single week now. Yeah, you kind of uh, shoehorned yourself into the human gift machine. Uh, put that on a T-shirt. Uh, yes. yes, the human <laughs> gift machine. You know, I'm into it. I'd, Im- I'd imagine like it's you know Wednesday, 11 a.m. They're at full sale. Like, all right, where are you going to pop up from this yeah, week? Yeah, yeah. Let's get the camera angle yeah. right, you know, sort of thing. But they're highly giftable moments, and they're entertaining. Keith Lee's, you know, a delight and a hell of a talent. So him yeah. winning is uh, is completely fine. And uh, him and uh, Roddy had a match. Was it a triple threat? I think. Yeah. A couple yeah. like a month or so ago with mm-hmm. Dijakovic in there as yeah. well. That was fantastic. So they definitely have some um, uh, rapport and chemistry in there. So looking forward to that. Yeah, and I, I think. Uh, Keith Lee should be the guy to dethrone Rowdy Strong, whether it's, uh, you know, on, on TV next week or maybe they push it down to uh, NXT TakeOver Portland. I, I think that should be the way to go. See, I thought that um, Keith Lee was kind of beyond the North American title. Fair, you know, fair. I thought that maybe he was being primed for the, you know, NXT title yeah. program. But I guess Champa waiting in the wings to to make good on his promise to bring Goldie home kind of took precedence there. So I, I, I get that. Maybe I don't I don't know. I, I felt like twenty twenty was gonna start out strong for Keith yeah. Lee. And you know, going for a title is strong, but it's not the title. You, you know, know I, when I think about it, I think Keith Lee might actually be a because there's especially now there's always representation from NXT in the rumble itself. Right. I think Keith Lee would be a great guy uh, to be in the rumble considering he was, you know, last man standing against Roman Reigns uh, at Survivor Series. It feels like it'd be another natural extension, maybe make him a final four guy for the rumble. Um, So something like that. So yeah, we're probably going to get a bunch of NXT folk in both rumbles. Mm -hmm. Do we get a a stare down between Matt Riddle and Brock Lesnar? Uh, I sure hope we do, or weirdly enough, uh, just Goldberg. because, yeah, I was going to say, Paul <laughs> Heyman apparently likes throwing Goldberg into the mix of things. Let's get a stare down between those two. Bro. 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 Oh, Bro. Uh, w- one thing uh, I-, I should point out is apparently, uh, from what I was reading, uh, WWE is now starting to understand how to book uh, Matt Riddle. Uh, okay. I, I think it was it was either this week or last week. There was a promo that that Matt Riddle did where basically they had him shoot it two ways, their way and his way, and uh, they ended up using the his way version. So they're okay. they're realizing that guy's got a real weird charisma that you can you can work with. I I I know we said it a lot. It's kind of a broken record thing, but Matt Riddle really is one of those guys that could be a, a can't miss star if they use him right, which is unfortunately the asterisk on every single person in that company right now bro <laughs> bro 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 
bro. Bro. Glorious. The Roughhouse Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at Roughhouse SGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash the Roughhouse Podcast. Become a donor to the Roughhouse at patreon.com slash the Roughhouse Podcast. And check out our videos at youtube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J 2 1 N lowercase W capital G lowercase K capital P M lowercase L capital D N 7 lowercase C 3 lowercase R lowercase F U V Q. This is the, the Rough House, Rough House uh, podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. Come on down to Colonel Thaddeus P. Abernathy's Midget Warehouse. You need performers at half the price with twice the eyes on them? Corporal Abernathy's got you taken care of. Let's just say you can't afford yourself a John Cena. How about a John Wiener? Real small, still has jorts on. Hell, all they are is Daisy Dukes that we put on a midget. Say you got yourself a local wrestling organization that needs a little sprucing up. No one gives a shit about your faces, your heels. How about half your faces? Half your heels. Hell, these sons of bitches get sunburned half the time. They're so fucking small. So make sure they're inside or Corporal Abernathy is going to charge you twice as much we could have just paid for a regular human. Shit, put one on top of the other and drape a trench coat over top of it like a few kids trying to sneak into a rated R movie. Corporal Abernathy doesn't care. Come on down. Did I change from Corporal to Colonel? I don't care. I am drunk. I sell midgets. I can do what I want. It's human trafficking with half the national interest because they're half as big. You get four midgets, I'll give you the fifth one for free. That's still two and a half times less than you would pay for a standard size wrestling employee. Plus, their bones are made out of rubber. I've done research myself that I'm going to keep to myself, so don't ask to see any paperwork. You can do whatever the fuck you want to them. Ain't nothing going to happen. Rubber bones. True fact. Also, they can breathe underwater. Also, they only eat candy corn. Do not try and give them human food or feed them after midnight. So stop on down to Admiral T. Abernathy's Midget Warehouse. Well, we got twice as much shit for half the price.